I want to say this, that if you're a part of a community, a church community, and they're looking out for you spiritually and they're covering you, you're getting taught and blessed and you know that they're giving, they're laying their lives down. They could be in business. They could have other types. Of, they're laying sure. their life down and preferences to serve you and your family. Then I think just out of love and compulsion, you, then yeah, you should be giving. Mm. Like how much that's between you and God. That's, that's a heart issue. There again, let the tithe be your tutor. I don't think. I don't think if someone is really like seriously being a spiritual parent in your life or parents in your life and, and you're learning how to make disciples and you're, you know, in all of life and you're blessed and the gospel's being washed over you and they're just there and they're a part of your life and all that. Yep. Why would, that's your family. You of course would want to take care of your family. So, yeah, exactly. you know, don't ask how much am I supposed to give? How, how much can I give? Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Yeah, I was going to ask you if like, you ever get cold around here. Because I know you grew up in Chicago, and you know I've been to Chicago in the winter where it's just that wind whipping off the water. There is yeah, I can remember... like. Seriously, we're like weeks and weeks and weeks of below zero. Really? Not wind chill, but like, no, the temperature's like it's minus four, it's minus six, it's one, it's minus oh. one for weeks and weeks. Yeah. Um, I can get cold here now, but I, you know, you kind of acclimate after yeah, a while. I was gonna but ask- not really. Like even like, you know, I'll, I'll joke, like we used to call it like the hawk, you know, like when it's like zero and the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, it's like we call it the hawk. Sure. The hawk's out, right? So here the hawk is like when we get to 43 yeah, and it's a little breezy and you know, maybe. Which is what it has and yeah, the yeah. wind gets you. So no, I don't get, I feel like if I start complaining about cold, I just go, but it ain't Chicago. You so know? now when you get back into like the teens or the zeros, is it like, ah, I mean, it's good to be home or is it like, oh, this is brutal? It's brutal. Okay. So it's brutal. And I feel like, 40s. wow, I'm wearing all the things I remember wearing for most of my adult, you know, whole life. <laughs> sure. Like layers and layers of stuff and scarves and gloves and even hats I hate. And I wear hat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> I, no complaints out here in the old PN dub, man. So. Beautiful. Hey, uh, today we're talking about tithing, which is a, a switch. Speaking is it everybody's t- favorite thing or hated thing? What do you think? I don't know. It I have no like idea. It, like we're gonna cover it, but depends if you're a pastor or a layperson. <laughs> there's whole there's a whole industry of gurus that will consult your church on how to get that tithe up. Not crazy. There is, you know. I feel like anytime I invite somebody to a to a local church, it's always on giving. It just is that week where it's do, like. Do you know what? I mean, just to sort of set the table here, do you, I don't know exactly what it is, but when when I had to know because I was on lead, lead team at a giant church sure. you know, that took in millions a year. The national average, at least here in the States, and I know we have listeners all over the place. Sure. Um, the national average of people who tithe. Okay. So it looks like they're giving something maybe around, you know, you can't really tell exactly what someone makes, but you can kind of, you know. Sure. Um, was about 5% of regular church attenders. Like people who oh, wow. are totally into it. They're showing up. They're part of it. They're setting up chairs. They're in ministry. You know what I mean? They're not giving 5%. This is like 5%. About 5% of, of wow. the people who are serious Christians tithe wow the rest are and i think now the last time i heard that it was like several years ago like yeah. several years ago so i think it's i think it's in the right around the four or just a tick under four range these days Going i mean everybody down. else is either tipping yeah or they just don't you know so, so it's like it's an issue yeah and uh and, and and it's also a demographical thing older christians 
tend to still tithe. They've always tithed. They were taught to tithe. They sure. give, they tithe, they're faithful. They find blessing in that. They've learned, you know, the maturity of that and they do it. Yeah. And, and because it's so awkward too, a lot of leaders and a lot of churches, they never want to talk about it. Yep. Until it's a huge problem. They're like, you guys aren't giving, you know. Now we got to, now <laughs> we got to get shape. Yeah. Yeah. So this 10% thing, like I've, I grew up my whole life as well going to church and 10%, I was, when I remember when I got my first job, my mom's like, hey, remember, set 10% aside for God every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10% was a starting point. Where, maybe you could fill some with a little bit of a history of where this concept of tithing even comes from. Yeah, you're like, wow, like prove it yeah, <laughs> right yeah, away. Please. Could we just end this shortest episode <laughs> yeah. ever? Could you just prove just it's not? Just start sending your emails. Biblical or turn something. it off, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. we're cool to get your emails as long as you listen to the episode. How's that? Like, <laughs> right. That is a thing. Send us emails. A lot of people just blast us on the title. Yeah. Don't do that. No, listen well, to you the guys, show. you're hearing it now, you can blast us. I don't, you know. <laughs> it's the people that just see the title posted on Facebook, you know, and they blast us. Yeah. Um, well, let's take a little time to look at that. But but um, I really want to spend our time focusing on the heart behind what and why tithing even happened. Sure. And why we get to still live generously today. Um, and we'll look at tithes and offerings that the Israelites participated in as part of the law. Okay. Um, but in fact, we uh, we see a pattern of people bringing God offerings way before there was a law. Sure. So it's like, I don't have a 100% answer here today for everybody as to why, but like, think about it. The first family, Adam and Eve and their kids, right? Mm-hmm. We hear the story of Cain and Abel bringing their offerings that they had set aside, offerings of their work, a portion of their work, their labors right. to God, right? Um, and by the way, there's no indication that God asked them to. Just as they did. They set it aside. It was like it was cultural or it was their heart. First family. Hmm. So it's really early. Yeah. Right? Doesn't say how much though, but still this idea of like, hey, God's great. Sure. We're grateful for a lot of stuff. Let's just show them, you know, like, right? Um, And so if if you know the story of Cain and Abel, it's it's, uh, Adam and Eve's two sons, right? Cain's the older and Abel's the younger. And Cain is... uh, a farmer and Abel is a shepherd, right? And so it says that they, at, you know, at harvest time they brought some of their gifts, and um, Cain's Cain and his offering was not accepted by God. God rejected it, but Abel's offering was. Hmm. And it's weird because I've heard, and probably our listeners have too, a ton of really way off the mark sermons about like, well, why was that? Well, because it wasn't meat, and God knew there was going to be a sacrifice, and exactly. it had to be meat. And so, well, I know it doesn't say any of that anywhere in there. Um, it also actually never says it was the, you know, it was the gift so much. And, and there's a clue in that because God mm. asks Cain, Hey, why do you look so downtrodden? Why are you so bummed? Yeah. Like, cause after, you know, he says, won't you be accepted if you do what is right? And the implication being yeah. you knew, like I didn't ask for this Yep. and you didn't bring it in the right heart. Right. And how do we know that? Because in Hebrews 11 verse four, it says by an act of faith, check mm. out that keyword. Abel brought a better sacrifice to God than Cain. Didn't say his sacrifice was better, but by an act of faith he did. It mm. was what he believed, not what he brought, that made the difference. Wow. And that's what God noticed and approved as righteous, mm. <laughs> it says, you know. And so after all those centuries, that belief continues to catch our notice. Like, mm. oh, it has to do with faith. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of, of uh, Abel's offerings. And so it's key that we realize, first off, you know, some people say, well, that's the law. We're not under the law. We'll talk about that. But there was actually giving and God noticed and God responded prior to the law. Dude, I've never heard it in the sense of like Abel bringing a better sacrifice because it was a sacrifice brought by faith. Yeah. I always thought it was 
the items that were brought. Yep. That's that what crazy? it's always taught because of the whole do to be yeah. distortion. Gosh. Isn't it crazy? But yeah, it's not there. That's amazing. And, they, and you know, and I think it's clear in Genesis, but then Hebrews eleven four, com you know, commentary basically on the whole scripture. Yeah. Hebrews is like my favorite book, I think. It's great. I really I think it is. Because it kind of explains everything else. Like you thought it meant this, it means this. You know? <laughs> sure. Right. And so and then you see it's like it's improved as righteous. And mm -hmm. and remember we talked about in a few episodes back that the word righteous in Hebrew is, is like a cousin. It's like the same root as justice. Yep. Right? Absolutely. And it mean, they both mean to, like to restore. So it's the right thing. It's the original thing. Righteousness is the way we are created to be with God mm. in trust, in faith. So it's, it's a, actually a huge gospel statement, really. Yeah, I, absolutely. I really so. I've so, never seen that. That's yeah. great. So, so let's look further now into the pattern of tithing and gift giving that we see in the Old Testament. Cool? Okay. Great. Okay. And I'm going to start actually, be, again, before the law was given to Moses, we see, uh, and before the tithe was introduced as law, we see Abraham and Jacob and others actually giving portions and often says like a tithe or a, a, some sort of a 10% designation to God. Sure. And I don't, we don't have time. We're rocking through this today, but people can go and check out Genesis 14, Genesis 28. You can see all that. Okay. So you got, you know, father Abraham had many sons mm -hmm. and he still, he gave a tithe, right? Yeah. But it wasn't a commanded thing. He did it. Right, and yep. we see we see the same thing with Jacob. Anyway, so now let's get to the law. Old Testament people say like, well, you know, in the New Testament there's no tithing, so you know we're we you know I was like, well, you want to go back to the Old Testament standard? You know, people yeah, say exactly. like, like nope. brand new to your church, like, hey, here, um, we don't worry about the whole New Testament thing. We go Old Testament, you know, just to make sure we're accurate. <laughs> there was three different tithes they gave, and I always tell people go for that if you want. Yeah, jump in. So briefly, okay. Um, in the Old Testament, which, you know, everybody, hopefully if you're listening, you know, that that's the, kind of the first part of the Bible, about two thirds of it was written before the birth of Christ. It describes three different types of tithe, uh, tithes, 10% offerings that the Jewish people were called or even commanded to give. Okay. So okay. they are, the, there's a, one that's called Levitical or the sacred tithe. And, and I'll unpack, Levitical has to do with Leviticus and, and the priesthood that were basically running the temple and handling all the sacrificial system. So they gave a tithe for that. They were commanded to. There was the feast tithe, okay? okay. Like to bring, a, bring a, you know, have a tithe to fund the party schedule, right? All the feasts and festivals that God had. And then there was a tithe for the poor and the needy. Okay. Okay. So now <laughs> let's just look at these real quick, okay? Yeah, so that too. Levitical tithe, tithe was a big one, okay? It's first found in Leviticus, uh, another book in the Old Testament. And in Leviticus, God not only created everything on earth, but he also technically owned it. You got to understand that, by the way. Uh, Jewish people saw everything as God's. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, this is mine. Do I want to give some of it to God? It's, it's God's. Sure. How much would I keep back? Absolutely. So I love that because right away, that's going to start to change our heart around, oh, should I tithe? Am I not supposed to? Do I have to? Do I get to? Am I, you know, am I bad if I don't? Does God not? Wait a minute. If, if you like Jew, early Jews saw, God owns it all <laughs> and he just lets us use it. Yeah then it's not a matter of how much am I giving back to God. It's like, how much am I going to keep to myself <laughs> yeah. of his stuff, right? Correct. So they kind of that's how they saw tithing. The Hebrew people were expected to give back 10% of their earnings to help support the people who did God's work. Mm -hmm. And that was namely at that point, a tribe within you know the Hebrew tribes, the 12 tribes called Levites. Okay. The Levites were the Jewish priests that you know spread the word of God and performed various ceremonies. And they were the ones who took all the offerings and managed that whole thing, right? Yep. And so the the you know Jewish people, Hebrews, they they really saw that Levitical tithe as a contract with God, hmm. and it was it was a big deal. Sure. <laughs> okay. Now that's the first one. Okay? okay. Some people compare that to like paying 
you know, well, that's why you give to your church because yep. they're doing services. It's a little different. We don't have a Levitical, you know, thing going on anymore. We're sure. not doing sacrificial system. It's, it's a little bit different. We'll talk about that. Okay. The second tithe that uh, is in the Old Testament that the Israelites gave was, was called the feast tithe. And so like the Levitical tithe for, to kind of cover the priest's life. By the way, too, you know why they, you know why they were given that tithe? Because when God divvied up all the land and crops and all that stuff amongst the 12 tribes, he said, the Levites, you get to serve me as priests. Right. That's your inheritance. You don't get land and you don't, that means you don't grow your own cop, crops. You'll trust me and you'll show the people that they can trust me. Sure. So I'll, I'll, have, I'll have them give you 10% of what they all get. So you'll have the exact same amount. Huh. Pretty cool. Okay. That's really cool. So the feast tithe, like the Levitical tithe, was also 10% of a person's yearly income. But instead of going sort of directly back to God, the feast tithe for all the different, there was seven major festivals and feasts okay. that Israel took place in, took part in every year. It was used by the person who actually earned it. Now, this is kind of new. I didn't always know this. I always thought huh. they kind of handed it over and it was stashed for the party. Yeah, exactly. And I did a little more research for this episode. And according to Deuteronomy, um, another Old Testament book <laughs> there, Jewish people were required to go to Jerusalem, you know, for all these festivals and feasts. Yeah. That feast tithe was a way for people to put money aside so they couldn't say, well, I can't afford it. So they, mm. so they could afford it. And then when they got there, they could enjoy all the festivities and have food and participate in everything. So it's so important that you made the party yeah. that you planned ahead and set aside a tithe. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. And you think about it in your own missional community or small groups or at your church, if everybody was setting aside 10%, just so when we party... Yeah, we're going to require you to... We're covered. Yeah. It's going to be lush and fr it's awesome, and you just can't say, well, I can't afford it, or I don't have a ride or whatever. No, it's all covered, you know? Yeah. Right? Wow. So I really like this idea of setting aside money in advance so we can be sure to attend parties. Sure. <laughs> That, and all these parties and all these festivals and feasts, we'll have to do an episode on them sometime, were all designed to remind people, the Israelites here in this case, of God's love and his faithfulness. And there's something mm. so big and so cool about that. And God said, and I don't want you to miss the parties because you failed to like plan ahead. Sure. So I'll just mandate it in the law. Yeah, that's cool. So they gave the first tithe to cover the priests. Thanks for your work with all the sacrificial system, keeping the temple going and or tabernacle sure. you know, early on. Um, and then here's my party tithe. All right. And so if you did the party tithe, it was like you were choosing in advance to prioritize community and staying close to God's heart for his people, for outsiders and for yourself. Mm. Like, I don't want to miss these feasts and these parties and times of being together. It's so important. I'm going to prioritize community and partying and seeing how God interacts amongst us. I how cool that, is man. that, right? And then you had your poor people's tithe. That was a third tithe also found in the book of Deuteronomy, but it's a little different than the first two because okay. according to the Bible, the Hebrews, the Jewish people, they would set aside this additional 10% of their income, but they didn't do it every year. Instead, that poor tithe was contributed to a community fund every three years. And check this out, was to help homeless people, mm -hmm. travelers that were coming through your area, and they're like, man, I'm freaking broke, or I don't know where I'm going to stay, or I got a whole bunch of kids, or I had kids on the way, and I need help, and I can't, we got, don't worry, we've got set aside covered. money for that. Also, for orphans and widows, and it was also to make up any lack that the priesthood might have had. Wow. So like say that say the other tithe was running out or it's like whatever. Got we also have up. this once every three year fund. Huh. So if you kind of break that up, they're kind of giving twenty three percent and a third every sure. year. Right. Now, on top of those sort of compulsory tithes, because they were part of the law, so it was expected. Sure. God commanded it. And you could see that it was really for his glory, but our good. Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, it's so God, what does God need our money for? It's his money. <laughs> Why does he need our stuff? It's his stuff. Plus, he's saying, I'm going to accept 
these offerings in place of you dying. Yeah. And so someone's got to do it. So let's just cover them so they can eat and pay for, you know, have kids and stuff too. And then we're going to have a bunch of parties that are going to be so phenomenal. They're going to remind you of my grace and goodness and generosity. So I want you to be able to afford that. So I'm just going to say, put that aside. And then let's stash every three years a little extra for people coming through. So they go, this is the most amazing group of people I've ever heard of. Yeah. They're phenomenal, right? It's such a It's all in the way. book, by the way. Go read it, right? It's all in yeah. the Bible. So um, now on top of those, though, they 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 also gave um, regular uh, free will offerings, hmm. right? In other words, what do you want to just give above and beyond what's mandated? Because because you love God yeah. and because you want to be a generous person, and they expressed the Israelites' gratefulness through voluntary giving, and it kind of showed their devotion and their gratitude. In other words, they gave from their hearts, hmm. right? Out of faith and love for God and others, they gave. Yeah, and and I just rem- I rem- rem- you know remind us. If you see your stuff and money and your income, this earth and all possessions as yours, yeah. rather remembering God created it, including you, <laughs> all of it, then you're and you're privileged to steward it. Then then your heart's in a weird and wrong place to begin with, right? It's out of faith and out of trust and gratefulness that they gave these free will offerings on top of the other three tithes, which goes back to what you just said about Hebrews teaching of Abel and his gift back in Genesis. Yep. Why was his gift better? Because because God liked lambs better than he liked, you know, produce. Doesn't mm-hmm. say that. Because in faith, in trust, he brought what he thought was his best. Yeah. Might have not been the best. <laughs> you know, it doesn't say. So, so what it sounds like you're saying, though, is that the lifestyle and the function of God's people, and specifically Israel back then, is extremely different from what we experience today as Christians. When we look at uh, a new lighting system and in-ear monitors youth wing, and youth, yeah. yeah, the youth wing and... Huge mission. Which, like, there again, if you're doing it, you know, good on you. If God's led you to do that, please do. <laughs> really? <laughs> but, but does this style of um, tithing not really apply to us anymore when we're looking at this Old Testament and then the situation that we're currently in? Well, I think the heart behind it completely does. Okay. But the law part of it, no, it doesn't, right? Hmm. Right? Let me let me quickly run through uh, uh, just some reasons why. And I, I'm, I, I don't have time to, we just don't have the time to go into all of it, but I'm just going to give you some reasons why Tithing's actually not required. Don't hear me wrong here. Not okay. saying that it's not good to be generous and give. And if you want to give Old Testament, give <laughs> give three tithes plus a goodwill. But here's why you're not required to, though. Okay? okay. For one, believers in Christ are no longer under the mosaic. Like we're not under the law. Hmm. Like it's been fulfilled now in Christ. Okay? okay. So we're not under the law. It's fulfilled. In other words, He completed. He filled full the law. It's all been done. It's finished. He said that on the cross. Secondly, those examples of Abraham and Jacob, they're, they weren't normative patterns in Scripture. They just they said this is what their heart was like, just like Cain and Abel. It sure. said, well, there's the pattern. It was like, no, there was an example of one good heart and one nasty heart. And yeah. he, Cain proved it later. He killed his brother, right? Third thing, uh, tithes were given to the Levites and priests, the people that ran the sacrificial system. We don't have Levites and priests in that way anymore in the New Covenant because hmm. the final sacrifice was made at the cross in Christ. So we don't have that. Sure. Also, the tithe was actually tied to the land Israel received under the Old Covenant and how God broke it all up. And Israel was supposed to celebrate a tithe, you know, every year, but then every, you know, three years that one to kind of help with the priesthood and because they don't have their own land and then all the strangers and all. It's very, very different, right? Sure. Um, So there's there's a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of different reasons why we're not required, because we're not under the law, basically. Sure. Okay. And... There, it is a different situation now. We're in a different dispensation there. So um, nowhere is tithing mentioned in that way okay. when commands to give generously are found 
in the New Testament. Now, we are commanded to be generous, sure, as God is generous, but it's it, there is no tithing mandate that I know of specifically in the New Testament. Now, there's one passage that often gets distorted, and we'll look at that in just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Or it gets tweaked to say that, okay? So people, you know, can look at it and maybe vote their con- conscience. You know? <laughs> so, okay, so let's jump in and see what Jesus did say about all of this when it comes to giving and gifts and that sort of stuff. Yeah, let me throw the let me throw the umbrella statement over the whole thing. Jesus said, I didn't come to get rid of the law yep. and the teachings of the prophet. I came to fulfill it hmm. or fill full it, meaning the purpose of it, that stands. Now let's live it. Sure. Right? That's that. So just that's it. So here's one, Matthew 6, okay? First few verses. Okay. Um, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets. That's crazy. Can you imagine <laughs> da, 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 actually like, yeah, I just dropped this homeless guy like a couple bucks. Bah, bah, you pull a freaking trumpet out. <laughs> I travel right. with a trumpet. Like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, they've already received their reward in full. Hmm. But when someone's needy, just let, don't, you know, it's, I, I love this. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. It's so, it's so like not a saying today, but back then it's yeah, like, sure. you know, get, do it in secret. And then your father who sees what, you know, you're doing, he'll reward you, right? So the crazy thing about our acts of blessings, others, and our generosity is, I think what Jesus is getting at here, Yep. as much as he's saying, be generous, he's saying, uh, it's easy for us to twist it in order to put our actions on display and try to rob God of his glory. Like, it's yeah. his stuff. It's kind of like when your kid, you know, buys you a birthday gift or Father's Day gift with your money, and then yeah. he's all stoked about it. And you're like, I'm stoked that you wanted to, <laughs> but remember, it's my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the industry I came from, it's called copyright infringement, right? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, once we kind of make ourselves the object and focus of our generosity, then we've undermined the whole point of it is that God owns it all and he's a, he's a good God and he's a generous God. And we forget that, right? Yeah. Matthew 23 also talks about this quite a bit as yep. well, right? Yep. Matthew 23, 23. Um, woe to you, teachers of the... This is Jesus talking. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, your mint, your dill, your cumin. So apparently this is what they grew, right? Their crops. <laughs> but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Hmm. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So this is the one where many preachers and various theologians take this verse in the words of Jesus as proof that Jesus taught tithing. It's because he's saying, wait a minute, you're bringing your tithe and I'm calling it good. You should do that, but sure. don't neglect the other. That's missing the point of what Jesus is really, really talking about. Go back, read all of Matthew 23, see where he's going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's a verse about proving that you should still tithe. Sure. Because I actually, as we're going to talk about in a little while here, I think that our call now in Christ is way beyond that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's agree. way beyond that. So, um, yeah. So first off, I'd, I'd want to say about this one verse is you should never try and build a doctrine or sort of new law for people uh, out of one verse. Yeah. It's just a bad use of the text. Yeah. It's just You're right, bad. man. Yeah. Um, but I really don't think that's what's happening here. Uh, Jesus, I think, okay, I, in my humble opinion, was I-M-H-O or whatever. <laughs> um, I think what he's saying here is that it was good to continue giving generously to the temple and the priesthood. Okay. That's yep. because he's, you know, he was born under the law. Um, but as he often does, he calls his disciples' attention to the thing behind the thing, that higher calling that the law was meant to tutor us in at a heart level. So he's saying, don't, you know, sure, keep doing that. Support those that bless you. Sure. 
But don't neglect the more important matters of, and I, and is this an accidental list? Justice, mercy, and faithfulness? No. Remember we talked about doing justice? That's restoration, having mercy for yeah. people that have screwed themselves over, but they, God wants to restore them. Yeah. And, and, and how do you do that? By faith. That once again reminds us of Abel again and his exactly. gift. Jesus is connecting some pretty huge dots here, man. Hmm. He really is. So it's not necessarily a commentary on tithing. He's going, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep doing, keep, be generous in all ways, but don't neglect justice, restoration, mercy, and do it all by faith, faithfulness. Yeah. That's what's going on here. That's the higher call. And so what I want to say is, I think Jesus is kind of saying it here, is let, let the tithe be your tutor. Hmm. In other words, like the law taught you, hey, it's good to take care of those that spiritually look out for you, the priesthood, right? The Leviticals. God didn't give them a portion. Sure. Um, it's really good to set aside money so you can come and be reminded through parties that I'm your God and this is what I'm like and this is how you get to live. That's right. a really good thing. You don't have to get rid of that. Like keep keep letting the law tutor your heart in those ways. Yeah. Right? But you're not saying tutor is in like the sacred temple priest tithe, a festival tithe, and a poor tithe. I'm saying let that idea of that be your tutor. In other words, let it show you the right heart that Jesus is teaching here. Like, hmm, these ideas of justice and mercy and faithfulness is way deeper. And it's what the law was meaning to teach us both about God. God's a God of justice and mercy. And he, and he is faithful. And guess what? We get to be as people that are just and do restoration. And we do it out of a heart of mercy and out of faith that God is working all things together for our good and his glory for those who love him. Right. It's like, yeah, that is what's going on here. And the reason Jesus talked about money a lot, not tithing in specific, but money a whole lot is because he knows that our hearts get wrapped around it so much Yeah, where your treasure is. So will your heart be? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? It's not like what you love, then you'll treasure. It's like, no, where you, what you treasure is where your heart will be. Yeah. So if you like just freaking love money, you're going to think about it all the time. And then you're going to try to figure out ways to get out of tithing. Well, yeah. it's not, it's not you, you just said yourself, it's not, you know, we're not under the law anymore. No, you're right. We're way beyond that. Yeah. It's so far past that because it's finished. <laughs> we get to ba basically, it, you know, if only it were that easy that we could <laughs> still do, you know, temple priest ties, a festival tithe, and a poor tithe. If only it was really that simple. But yep. that's a do to be thing. See? That, or at least that's what it got made into. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking uh, that, that when we look at this, it's really easy to fall into a law based way of thinking here, right? Especially for those of us who were raised in the church. Uh, that feel a guilt laid on them by church leadership to give the 10%, to keep the doors open. It seems like generosity should be the heart behind everything. But I've heard many people say that, you know, God blesses them when they start giving and things along those lines. To me, that seems like we're playing a little bit of do to be with God, right? It can be, right? That's how the whole law can be. And that's, yeah. That was Jesus' teaching so often about the law and the way the Pharisees lived. Like, wait, hey, when the Pharisees teach you the law, he says, do it, go, do what they tell you. Sure. But don't follow their example because they don't actually live out what they preach and mm. teach, you know? And and so I think, yeah, that's that's the case. Um, it, we can very easily, because our little do-to-be hearts, we want to earn God's approval. We want to earn our standing with God, with you. I want I want to look good to you. You know, I can't just drop in a full tithe into a basket that goes by anywhere. That's why I have to write a check, but I'll do it real slowly. Maybe you'll see it. I should have yeah, folded sure. that or I'll just mail it. <laughs> you know, whatever. Right? Yeah. Um, crazy. But but that, yeah, that kind of completely says that, well, you, do you want to live under the law still? Like, yeah, is no that way. what you want? No, of course not. Cause, cause if we still live under the old covenant, then we don't believe there's a new covenant, meaning it is finished that Jesus has done it all. Yeah. And 
to, to like, I, like I said a minute ago, like if we want to say, well, let the tithe be our tutor, if only it were that easy. Because see, Jesus didn't come and say, hey, watch this because I'm God and man, I'm God's old son. I never miss a tithe. <laughs> you know, mm. I gave all three of those babies. I totally never miss it. He actually came and he laid his life down for his disciples. And I'm not talking about only his death. I'm talking about he laid his life down, his preferences, what he did, his, how he spent his time, what he what he gave his life to. He laid it down. Notice he didn't say, you know what? I could probably be a better fisherman. I could really build a heck of a nest egg. From, you know, He sure. laid it down for his disciples, for the world, for all of us. Go read in John 10, John 3, right? Yep. And prior to his death, he said, love each other in the same way that I've loved you. He goes on, he goes, there's no greater love than to lay one's life down for our friends. Now, that's a confusing verse sure. if you think like, well, am I supposed to die for my friends? Well, if we all died for our friends, no one would be alive. So that's not what he means, clearly. <laughs> Laying your life down is saying, my preferences will come after yours and after God's. Right. That's what that's about. My life will be oriented around you Others, being blessed yeah. and seeing God's glory, what he's really, really like. And... Jesus routinely laid down his life by humbly, compassionately serving the disciples and others hmm. and everyone he came into contact with, right? Look at Philippians 2. And so, empowered by God, working within us, we are now called, like Jesus, to lay down our lives for others. That doesn't mean lay in front of a train or whatever. Sure. And this includes sacrificially giving of ourselves, hmm. our time, our possessions, our talents, our plans for the future all out of love for God and for others. Hmm. That's what Jesus did. And he said, in the same way I've loved, you should love too. That's how you want to love each other. And so when you start thinking about, well, what are we supposed to do in the New Testament? That Those three tithes, they wouldn't even come close to laying your life down. Yeah. And remember, the Jews started from a position of, it's all God's. He owns it all. It's not how much I'm going to give back to God. Sure. It's how much do I need to keep for myself that has nothing to do with him. And that, would, that wouldn't even be on their minds. It certainly wouldn't have been on Jesus. Like, you know, let's work something out so you can feel okay about mostly keeping everything I give you for yourself, for your pleasure, for your plans, for your purposes, for, you know, yep. and then, and you, and you don't even have to use the other 10% to help and bless people. We'll just give it to somebody else and that'll take it off your mind and heart and your responsibilities covered. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like to an organization, no way ever, never, ever, please go back and read through the gospels. And Jesus talks about money and giving and generosity and laying your life down. It's never that. So. You know, it's uh, it's way beyond a tithe for, for those who are trying to squirm out from underneath it. Yeah. So when it, com when it comes to money, well, then you don't have to give any. No, you would look for every possible way to let, put God's money to work for others, for his glory. That's what it would be. So let me ask you one question that we do get from a lot of listeners when we ask them what, what, what we can talk about. Uh, and there's this frustration for those who have their foot in one community. Maybe they're in their neighborhood, they're missional minded, they want to give their lives to their community. But they're also part of an institution that requires money to survive, uh, and aren't these listeners often aren't sure where to put their money? Like, should it be in their neighborhoods, and and yeah, or should it be to this institution? What would you say to them? Yeah, well, it's it's really that's a killer question, bro. Because like, it comes up so often you wouldn't believe it. Like, especially in the early days of like when we started talking about living this way and living sure. on mission and being you know family on mission or missional community. So many leaders in church, you know, in churches would say. Well, you've convinced me it's biblical. I can't get around that. But like, I, I you know, I kind of whisper and look around like, but I just got to ask you, when do you collect the tithe? Right. It, you know, as if that's really the giant goal of Sunday. Yeah. Give gotta, the money gotta, so we can gotta, do it again gotta, next you know? week. And it'd be like, whoa, you know, like, how do you get that? Right. Mm. Um, I want to, I want to say this, that if you're a part of a community, a church community, 
and they're looking out for you spiritually and they're covering you and they're, you're getting taught and blessed and, you know, and you know that they're giving, they're laying their lives down. They could be in business. They could have other types of, they're laying sure. their life down and preferences to serve you and your family. Then I think just out of love and compulsion, you, then yeah, you should be giving hmm. like how much that's between you and God. That's, that's a heart issue there again. Let the tithe be your tutor. I don't think. I don't think if someone is really like seriously being a spiritual parent in your life or parents in your life and, and you're learning how to make disciples and you're, you know, in all of life and you're blessed and the gospel's being washed over you and they're just there and they're a part of your life and all that. Yep. Why would, that's your family. You of course would want to take care of your family. So, yeah, exactly. you know, don't ask how much am I supposed to give? How, how much can I give, you know? And do I feel it? Is it, does it actually, am I giving something? of me because I feel it, it costs, right? Yeah. Um, so do that if, if that's what's going on. Now, uh, we've been a part of communities where people gave, but we didn't use that money, say, for um, uh, like, uh, what do they call it? Benevolent funds. Right? Sure. So it, it did kind of cover the needs uh, of the leadership and the pastors and servants that were blessing others. But then all in community, all the sort of quote unquote benevolent stuff would happen. Meaning as you see need, meet it. And if you can't meet it, then ask a brother or sister in community, Hey, could you help me? I'm going to, you know, he, he's running low this week. We were just talking about, it. he's like, I got two bucks to get to Friday. So I'm like, how sure. are you going to get to work? So like, let's, I got 20, you got 20. Let's put some gas in his tank, you know? Yeah. Well, it's bigger than that. I can't, it's like, it's a $800 electric bill that needs to get paid for so-and-so in the neighborhood. Yeah. Well, let's ask the whole missional community. Let's ask you, let's go wider. We can cover it together, you know? Yep. And we had times we had to bring it from the missional community. That was, it was even too big a needs, like seriously, like many, many thousands at times, bring it to the whole community, the whole church. Yeah. We never once were not able to meet a need this way out of generosity. That's amazing. Never man. once, not never once. Time. It didn't have to be set aside in a bank account under the church's name. Just the church people. The leaders the were church. being cared for. And every yep. time needs came up, they were met through people in community on mission, acting like a family, treating mm. each other like family, treating everyone else like family. I think that's what Jesus is getting at when he says, like, as I love, love others. Yeah. Look how he lived with people. He lived with them and treated them all like family. Hmm. Right. And he laid his life down for them. So if, if you're feeling like, uh, now, if you're not part of a community, I'm not saying that like, oh, you know what? Like I was taught to tithe. And so, you know, we're not part of a church right now. I'm just going to mail one into some church. Sure. Why? Just mail it to the that's life school goofy. That's just due to be. Yeah. Mail it to us. We'll put it to good work. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, I can't give yeah. you any kind of tax thing, but yeah. no one got a tax break in scripture ever for that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, seriously, that don't, don't fall into this. Like I have to please God. I just, I, if you hear nothing else today, God's not looking for your money. First mm. off, it's all his, he gave it to you. He's not surprised yep. <laughs> that it's there in your bank, you know, bank now or whatever. And so please don't think that like, well, I'm going to please him if I give him some of his stuff back. It's, he's already pleased. He's already pleased. He loves you. In Christ, he sees you completely redeemed, restored. You're his beautiful daughter. You're, you're his beautiful son. He loves you. Yeah. You give you give to him and to others. You actually don't give to God. You give to his work to glorify him. You give to others' needs so they see like oh, God's generous. You think about this. Just stop for a minute. How does God distribute his blessings and his resources in the world? Hmm. Through humans. Yep. Through people. Every time. It doesn't just show up in a pile, like seriously, miraculously, a pile of money was outside the door. I mean, <laughs> and I have a camera. No one walked it up. I watched the whole thing. It wasn't Not there happening. at, you know, at, at 9.02 and 12 seconds and 9.02 and 13 seconds, it was there. It just materialized. It's not how God works in the world. Not that I've seen. Sure. Someone's going to write in and say, no, it happened to me once. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Let me see that video. Um, 
it is God blesses and shows the world his glory and his generosity through us. And so we get to give and live generously, man. And I just, I love this idea setting aside in advance so we can, Yep. (laughs) you know, I'm not caught off guard by your need. I've already stashed some. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's so God knew. And there it is. It's ready. You know, I love it. Well, thanks. I feel like you answered a lot of great questions and some things that our listeners have written in about. And it was cool to hear this fresh take on something that, again, most of us who've been raised in the church have been taught wrong on this for quite a long time. And so to reframe it's it. It's just kind of icky or avoided. Yeah. It's, this way it makes we it We don't avoid good it. News. It's kind of icky and weird and probably not even biblical. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's get to the big three. Okay. And the big three, uh, if you're new to listening, this is the three takeaways that just tangible. We want you to walk away with, if nothing else. Yeah. Don't and, miss these. And you can get this as a printable PDF. If you want these, I've pre-written them down for you. You can get this as a printable PDF by going to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G three. What would you say the big three are for us this week? Okay. And as we usually do, the, the, the big three kind of follow head, heart, hands, something we want you to know, something we want you to believe in your heart. And then like, how do I get started? Yeah. Yeah. What do you get to do? So first thing I'd say is believe this. Okay. Like know this, God created everything out of love. And he graciously allows us to use, enjoy, and steward it. Hmm. All of it for his glory, not our own. Say that second part again. All of it for his glory and not ours. Ours, Okay. You're not stewarding your stuff or tithing on your resources. It's all God's stuff. Yeah. Right? Like know that. Just settle that. Like flip that switch. Second, this is sort of the heart level thing. Christians can choose to live generously or not. And God's love for us shown amazingly and proven at the cross. It never changes hmm. and it won't. We are loved regardless, okay? Let God's abundance of love in your life move your heart to generosity. Yeah. Ask the Spirit to show you each day who can you be a blessing to with your words, your resources, acts of service, your time, okay? Yeah, follow the Spirit. And the third thing, sort of the hands part of this, head, heart, hands, is uh, if you're regularly part of a church congregation that serves you meets the needs of you and your family, support that work, please, right? And those who serve you, yeah, right? Those, that's your, those are your brothers and sisters. Like, be good brothers and sisters back. Like, you get to. Yep. Um, if you're not currently an active part of a congregation, look for ways to intentionally meet the needs of those who serve your life spiritually and physically. Because like, maybe there's other people, yeah. like your missional community leader or whatever. Yep. We've had people in community, not because they had to or needed to, they said, hey, uh, we just got a new car. We were going to sell this one. Looks like you guys could use a car. Yeah, we could. Great. It's yours. You know what I mean? Wow. That's that's how it works in a family, right? Yeah. Um, and um, if you're part of a community on mission together, part of a missional community, um, together discuss how you could better steward all that God has given you collectively for his glory. Hmm. I think I've told a story before. Uh, it was in one of Jeff Vanderstelt's missional communities. They decided to list everything that they all owned, completely possessed, either in like stuff or in talent or gift or whatever, education. Yeah. And they got those giant post notes and, you know, like the small ones, but the giant ones like for conferences. Sure. And they just went around the whole house. It was like full of all the stuff. And they said, now, what do we get to do with all this stuff? It was Give brilliant, it right? That's cool. So it's a cool exercise as a community to go like, how can we better steward everything? Hey, um, do we all need to have the same tools and lawnmower and the same, could we share? Yeah. And then give. Going to a co-op, you know, right? Yeah. Um, there are so many needs and opportunities to lay down your life and your preferences for others to God's glory. So mm. like seek those out. Thanks, ma'am. And before I forget, I want to invite you to get the Everyday Disciple Workshop. You can get immediate access to that right now. We've trained thousands of people in this powerful framework. 
during our four-day challenges. And now you can get it and you can have lifetime access to it. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash workshop to get this simple and reproducible discipleship framework. You're going to love it. That's everydaydisciple.com forward slash workshop. All right. Well, I got to get going. I hope you'll join us again next week because we're going to keep diving into discipleship and mission and gospel fluency and hopefully helping make this all a whole lot easier for you in your everyday life. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 